covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. It is time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. Thank you so much for being tuned in. Another week's worth of uh, talk about the Milwaukee Brewers as uh, we're recording this. The World Series is still going. By the time you're listening to it, it could be over. I'm actually watching the World Series as I uh, record this, and the Dodgers are leading the Rays in game number five. So if they go on to win this game, they would take a 3-2 series lead, but we'll see uh, what ends up happening, see if there's any more crazy endings after the uh, fantastic ending to game number four. That was about as good of an ending of a game as you are going to see. All right, let's get into our normal housekeeping items. If you do want to uh, get in contact with me, best way to do so is via Twitter at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. And also, if you do listen to the podcast on Apple Podcast and can subscribe and leave a ranking and review, that would be just awesome. We would uh, very much appreciate that. All right, um, not a lot to get to this week, and we've sort of, done the same thing every week since uh, the season came to an end and free agency is going to start shortly after the end of the World Series. There's really no reason to believe that it's going to be a very active offseason, especially at the beginning of the offseason when free agency opens. I always kind of have to laugh. I'd love to see baseball find a way to create something like the NBA has. When free agency opens up in the NBA, it's an event. It's a big deal. Like we're all sitting there uh, reloading the the Twitter account of uh, of Adrian Wojnarowski to see what's going to happen. And it's fun. And in in all sports, your off-season events are big. Like the NFL is really, really good at spacing out their off-season events, whether it's the draft or the combine, everything that they do, they space it out. And when when you're baseball, I think you need to have as many moments as possible where there's a lot of attention and focus on what's going on. That's one of the reasons, and this has absolutely nothing to do with baseball, and I wasn't even planning on talking about this, but when they got rid of the August 31st uh, waiver trade, line, trade deadline, I thought that was one of the dumbest things that they could do because August 31st, you got the football season getting underway, and by having that second trade deadline like they did before, at the very least, it was an opportunity to kind of refocus the overall sports attention on baseball, at least for a day. Uh, again, it has nothing to do with the actual competitive nature of that rule and everything, but I, I just thought if you're baseball, you need to have as much attention on yourself as possible, and I hated when they got rid of the August 31st deadline because I thought this is just another opportunity for there to be some focus there, and it just it, it didn't work out that way. So I say all that to say this, if, if somehow, some way, baseball could find a way to make the opening of free agency look somewhat similar to the opening of free agency uh, for, say, the NBA, I think that would be good for the sport. I don't know if it's going to happen, especially in the the, the free market aspect of baseball. And sometimes the fact that it's free market actually 
drops salaries than increases salaries, which is kind of the opposite of what you're supposed to get in a free market. But just so often you see teams waiting guys out, and that seems to be the kind of just the overall mentality of many general managers, except for the ones who are uh, going after the big-name free agents. And then the big-name, top-notch, superstar free agents, they don't want to sign right away because – they want to try to get the get teams bidding against each other. And that's the analogy of the NBA kind of stops there because in the NBA there's a maximum dollar figure that you can give certain players, and that doesn't exist in baseball. So things go for a while longer. So, yeah, that's uh, I don't even know how I got onto that, but uh, we're there, and uh, we do continue on here. Uh, with this podcast, but we'll see what things look like when free agency opens. Uh, no reason to think that anything's going to be going uh, too crazy there at the beginning. The one bit of news this past week, Brewers rookie pitcher Devin Williams was named the National League Reliever of the Year. Third straight year that the Brewers have had the Reliever of the Year. Josh Hader had won it a couple years uh, before. He was, uh, Williams was just so good this year, striking out 53, walking just nine of the 100 batters that he faced in 27 innings. 100 batters faced, 27 innings, 53 strikeouts. He gave up one earned run. That was a .33 ERA. That came in the Brewers' fourth game of the season and did not give up another earned run after that. Uh, He had a streak of 31 straight batters face from August 14th through September 11th where he did not give up a hit. Uh, He is, by the way, the first rookie uh, to, and also the first reliever without a save to be named the uh, relief pitcher of the year for either league ever. So that's uh, that's pretty cool stuff right there, and I think we can all agree that he was absolutely deserving of uh, of the honor. And it was, I'm happy that he wins it when he doesn't have the saves. I guess that if of of all the times that I worried about what postseason honors might come his way. I was concerned about the fact that he didn't have the saves because so often you judge relief pitchers or the the high end top notch relief pitchers on their saves. So uh, good on good on everybody who was part of this that he was able to uh, to win this without having the saves. All right, so uh, this week our featured conversation we're happy to bring back on to the podcast. We're actually doing something different. This is going to be kind of a co podcast. It's going to be part of his uh, Locked On Brewers uh, podcast. Uh, we're going to have Ben Larson back on. So uh, without any further ado, let's get to it. After every Brewers game, signing an announcement, bloggers and podcasters hit the web to give their take. Now we bring them all together. It's the Social Media Roundtable, and it starts now. Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast, is powered by WTMJ Mobile. We're very happy to welcome back onto the podcast. He is the host of the Locked On Brewers podcast. He is Ben Larson. You can follow him on Twitter at Cheesehead Talks. Find the Locked On Brewers podcast at Locked On Brewers. And this is kind of cool because uh, this is also a part of his podcast. For the first time ever, it's kind of a... Uh, it's, it's a shared podcast with uh, Brewers Extra Innings and Locked on Brewers. This is great. Hey, Ben, how are you? Good. That's uh, great. Uh, glad we're doing this. It's, uh, it's always a lot of fun to talk. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's kind of a weird time right now. We're recording this on Sunday night, and the I'm watching the World Series. The Dodgers have a, a lead, so they would take uh, a lead in the series if they go on to, uh, to win the game. But I don't know about you. Does it, just, does it feel like it's just been forever? since the Brewers' season came to an end? 
Yeah, you know, it's funny because I feel that way with the Brewers. I also felt that way about the Bucks, uh, when you know when they got knocked out to that length to the end of the NBA Finals. And I feel the same way about the Brewers. I mean, I think that we all, I guess, didn't expect much uh, from, you know, the Dodgers series in the playoff opener. And so, I don't know, maybe we felt like the season was over before it even was, so to speak. And, and uh, you kind of go through all that. It's only been uh, less than a month uh, still. And, and here we are playing in the World Series. And I guess it's all right on time with where the World Series would be anyway. But, you know, it just doesn't feel like it, right? Not at all. No, it's it's weird. I mean, to see it in a neutral side and just you, you don't see you don't see crazy fans. And, and I don't know about you, but like I got used to that during the regular season and most of the postseason. But I feel like even with the limited fans, it really feels like okay, th- you're playing for a championship here, and, and you're playing in front of ten thousand people or whatever it is. It's it's really a weird deal. Yeah, when the camera goes to the crowd and. You see fans. Actually, I, I was caught off guard by it originally when it first happened. I, I, I think I'd heard that they were going to have fans, but I wasn't. Uh, I put it away somewhere in my, you know, back of my mind. And all of a sudden, there's actually people. I was trying to figure out if Fox was trying to superimpose it, but then I was like, well, why would they superimpose a half-empty or three-quarters empty stadium? So this must be real, <laughs> you know. And they're they're out there cheering, and yeah, you see it, but it's it's not the same. It's not the same anywhere, right? It's just it's the age we live in. And, uh, you know, we're, I don't know how long this is going to be the new normal. I, I guess to that point, I'm wondering what you think, because I've been, I've been talking a lot on the podcast about, you know, where, uh, where 2021 is going to place us. You know, what's spring training going to look like? What's the early part of the season looks like? You, you know, it looks like we're not going to have a, a mass vaccine available until at least that time frame, maybe even into June next year. And I don't know if that's even the marker for, okay, we can have everybody back in these stadiums and fill the seats. I mean, I just... It's so up in the air, but you know what? What do you hear, uh, if anything, about what is going to happen, you know, for 2021 and how this is all going to pan out? Yeah, I think what they're doing right now, what they did in the NLCS and what they're doing in the World Series, is kind of a template for the very least that they would want to do la- next year in terms of fans. So you at least get some fans back in the stands and. Not to make this a uh, a public health podcast here, but I mean, it's like we're seeing this in the NFL, where some markets you've got some fans and some markets you don't have fans, and this isn't true across the board because unfortunately this has gotten political, but at least the idea behind that would be you look at the the state of affairs in, in every individual market, and then you make decisions from there. I don't. Wouldn't you think that that would have to be the the same sort of deal if there is not, if the vaccine has not gotten to a point next year where there is mass distribution? Wouldn't they have to basically go look at each market and see where things are at and then make decisions from there? Yeah, I don't see any way around it. And, and I guess you know, obviously, right now we're here in Wisconsin and we're spiking like crazy, and so it doesn't make you feel good. But you know, opening day is a long way off. And and you know, the thing I'm thinking, Matt, is. How does this affect the Brewers uh, as it relates to other teams? I mean, maybe you get some, a few fans in the stands, but you got to, you know, understand the economics of this, that the Brewers have depended, you know, so much more on their gate than large market teams do as a portion of the, you know, the revenue that they bring in. We saw the report that they lost $171 million estimated because of no fans in the stands. I thought that was low when I saw it. I mean, I, I, I would think it'd be more than that when you factor in everything. And so, you know, I just, I'm so 
uh, I have no idea what to think and I about about how this affects the club and what they're going to do this offseason. And I have no idea if the Brewers know what to think about it. You know, I just I don't know from top down if they have any idea how to approach this offseason. What do you think? Yeah, I like, and here's the thing: like, the information you you hit it spot on because. The information that we know today might be completely different than the information we know tomorrow. That's why I think free agency is going to be the slowest moving free agency that we have ever seen because every day that goes by, you get closer to the season, you get a little bit more of an idea. Like What I'm about to say, I'm not predicting is going to happen, but let's, let's say there's a scenario where one of these vaccines absolutely 100% without a doubt works and this distribution system that they have is incredible and there's a complete buy-in from the from the population of the United States where <laughs> 70 80% of people can be vaccinated with the first shot in December and the second shot in February and you know 80% of the country has this vaccine and in March and like everything's going to be good like if that's if that's the scenario then you can plan for a year with a lot more revenue if it's the exact yeah. opposite if these trials that are going on right now keep having hiccups and they eventually get to a point where they they aren't going to go widespread on the distribution and everything and we're in basically the exact same situation right now as we are say in april may june then the finances look completely different so i i don't know when you're a team like the brewers that rely so much on gate i i, I don't know how you go about making any decisions that are based on finances and not to go on like a on a rant here, but so the, it's a lightning rod issue when it comes to finances because there's a group of people out there that are going to yell and scream how poor the brewers are and how they have no money, yada, yada, yada. And then there's another group out there that's going to tell you that the organization's cheap and they've got all this money coming in from Major League Baseball and the TV money and they don't spend anywhere near to the point that they could spend and they are just swimming in money and the truth is in between. Could they spend a little bit more money than they've spent? Sure. But have they also s- taken the payroll over the last few years to levels that it hadn't been before? Yeah, they've done that too. So it's a, it's a really tough situation, I think, when you're a team that does rely on gate revenue as much as the Brewers do to be in this situation they're in right now. Yeah, and I would think that we're in a situation where just, I guess, to your point, and I don't know how many clubs are going to be in this situation, but maybe we're in a a, a situation where, again, it's kind of like uh, previous year's free agency where nothing happens, at least on the Brewers' front, till you know, February or late January or even into spring training because it's just they're going to – I don't think they're going to jump at anything when they don't know uh, what's going to happen. And, and you know – I I, I tend to. I know that there's those fans out there, like you say, that just don't buy it. And they think the Brewers are rolling in cash. I don't buy that for a second. When you just when you just examine predominantly, you know, their TV deal and, and how it gets them, you know, marbles, I guess, or, or little, you know, pea gravel next to the Cubs or the Dodgers or the big market teams, and you know, it all falls in the line from the top, the Yankees, all the way down to the Brewers, and I guess the the Rays. Uh, it's in really small market teams who don't produce a lot of revenue, but uh, you know I don't think that they're they're you know rolling in cash and hiding that. I don't buy that Mark Adonacio is disingenuous when when he had to cut the salary. I wish he hadn't done it last year. It caught me by surprise, but it tells me that 
there's no way that that guy, I think, is trying not to compete and just pocket money. It doesn't make any sense, right? So this is just unprecedented. And a guy like that, who's, of course, a very savvy businessman, he's, he's not going to go out and try and solidify the Brewers' middle of the order by spending a bunch of money. I mean, I just don't see that happening this offseason because it could set the club back a long ways if it, if it doesn't work out and they don't have fans come through the gates this year. So it just it makes me nervous, right? Because I, I now, on, on the other hand, too, there's a whole other question out there of, well, is Omar Narvaez really that bad? <laughs> is Avisel Garcia going to be able to hit a few more home runs? Christian Yelich, come on, right? You can't be that bad again for a whole season. So there's got they've got to be better offensively than what they were. Not saying they're a juggernaut, but they've got to be a little better, one would think. Yeah, I mean, all the, the, all three of those guys you would think would be right there for, for a bounce back. And I will say that I think one area, and I don't know if it's going to work out this way or not, I feel one area that maybe – the Brewers could add to the roster and do so in a uh, in a, uh, a a financially responsible way, for lack of a better term. If I was a free agent who was young enough that I feel like I've still got a bunch of years left, I wouldn't want to sign a multi-year deal this offseason. I just uh, I, I don't think I'm going to get the money. So if I'm a free agent, I am a lot more interested in a one-year deal. And we know the Brewers are more than willing to take guys in on one-year deals. That's that's how they got Yasmani Grandal. So maybe, maybe just maybe that's that's how they add to this team with guys that make the strategic decision not to take a uh, not to take a multi-year deal this offseason. Yeah, no, I mean I can admit they love one-year deals, and you know what? So do I as a fan. I'm so. Maybe I'm just such a sycophant, or that's the wrong word. Maybe I bought into this narrative about the small market team so much that even when they sign a, a guy to a multi-year deal, I shudder. <laughs> you know, it's like I own the team or something because I'm like, oh god, that's a lot of money. Are you sure you, you want to do that? Because I just I'm so ingrained in the we don't have the money, we don't have the money <laughs> kind of kind of mentality. It's a little crazy. Uh, so I, I I love it when they get a guy for a one-year deal too, and and I, I don't have to worry about if he's a complete bust. Uh, and we'll, you know, we'll pin the Brewers into a hole for years to come because uh, we've kind of been through that before. So, you know, maybe that is a good thing that will we'll come out of this. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's just I can't believe when I sit and think about it, I, I just can't believe how they're, you know, how they uh, can even function right now with all of these questions up in the air. There's just so many unknowns. And, you know, it's just it, I guess it's fun to kind of watch play out and see when we'll get some answers, but I just, this is uh, really quite something. And, and I don't, I, I want to get your take on this too, Matt, because I don't, I don't put a ton of weight into this 60 game sprint they just had. I mean, I, I referenced Narvaez and Garcia. I just don't think they should put too much weight on the performances over 60 games. I feel like that would be a mistake. How do you, how do you look at this 2020 season? Yeah, I agree. It, I, I would establish track record as something to be more important to look at than the results of this 60-game season for for a multitude of reasons. A, it's 60 games; it's not enough games yeah. to to really anybody can you can have a you can have a bounce back year even after having a bad first two months of the season. That happens very often. Um, everything that went into it. With the spring training cut short, the, the summer camp, the spring training 2.0, whatever you want to call it, I think we've learned that 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 really long period of time for spring training probably is a necessity. Like Every year we always think, oh, do, do they really need to be doing this for this long? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. 
If you want a high level of baseball, they do need to be doing this for that long. They they asked specifically to Omar Narvaez. I think he was also impacted by the fact that they asked so much of him in terms of improving his defense. And I think the focus so much was on that that perhaps it, it, it took away from his offense. I talk about this all the time when I was working as a minor league broadcaster, specifically when I was working in AAA. There'd be guys that an organization would send down to AAA to work on a different position they've played before, and every single time they were not the same offensive player. They were spending so much time focused in on, on, the, on the defensive stuff that it impacted them from an offensive standpoint, and I believe that's part of what happened with Omar Narvaez. Yeah, his, you know the thing about it is he was so – and we all know this. He was so lauded. I mean, everybody thought, well, okay, he'll just he'll be Osmani Grandal on offense. But the whole rap on him, of course, was just the fact that not only was his defense poor, but people were talking about it. he's just the worst defensive catch you've ever seen. And you know that that'll stick. That'll jump on a guy, especially if yeah, he's, I guess he's 28, 29, so he's not that young. But you know, I'm sure he's got a lot of pride, and and he ended up being a very serviceable, if not, I don't, I'd maybe say good defensive catcher yeah uh, the brewers worked with him and turned him into that well sometimes that can have a cost i mean same theory with with Abisail garcia they have to, he has to move to center early in the season when you know kane opts out and and maybe that affected his offense maybe it affected his power numbers a little bit uh you know there's just so much to to you know i don't i guess you can make so many excuses for the whole situation no fans covid the crazy schedule their lives they're they're worried about Loved ones, the whole nine, right, and and everything that happened this this year, and it looks like too, you know, the, when you kind of take a step back and look all around baseball, a lot of really great players had bad years in this sixty game sprint, and so, boy, you you better hope uh, that that's the case with Christian Yelich, and I do. I mean, I I shouldn't say hope. I feel that that's the case with Christian Yelich. I just don't buy that he's going to be, you know, certainly this bad uh, going forward at all. I mean, I hope that. He's got a few MVP caliber seasons left in him. You really hope because that's that's absolutely the, the Brewers have to have yeah. that production from Christian Yelich. And here's the other thing that worries me, Matt. And I don't know if you've thought about this at all, but with the the CBA and the labor situation on the horizon for the what 2022 season, where you could get this, you know, the, the echoes of the '94 season are are in play here, where you worry about you know potential strike or lockout. And I, I had this sinking feeling back after he signed his contract, and then almost immediately we had this stoppage with the the COVID nineteen virus. Here, you know, you could lose the better part of two years in his absolute prime, and of course that <laughs> that'd be such a Brewers thing to have happen. A lot of fan bases complain because they look at the negative, but man, wouldn't that suck to have a guy who's a potential Hall of Fame player lose two years or close to two years of his athletic prime due to circumstances that that you know he can't control? Oh, I, I, I'm dreading that a little bit, and so that's a worry as well for the next couple of years here for Yelich. I'm concerned about the, and it was funny, and I, I agree with what you just said. I when when they were going through the negotiations prior to this season, and there were some times it looked really bleak, like it looked like there was not going to be a season at all. I was sitting there thinking, Major League Baseball is going to miss two out of three seasons because we saw how though. Think about this. Those negotiations that just took place before this past season were taking place in a time where the world was shut down. There was a pandemic, and it certainly did not feel like they were worried about the optics of it, but... 
they had to they had at least to be aware of it. If those optics don't exist a year from now, how bad are those negotiations potentially going to get? Yeah, God, they hate each other. <laughs> they hate each other, and it seemed like they were. You know, after the whole, you know, we all lived through it. I mean, I was uh, just, I guess, uh, mid mid high school time frame back then, uh, in in '94. But you know, Don Fear and and the the union and you know, C League as the acting commissioner and the owners, just the vitriol. I mean, they, you know, you know, President Clinton tried to put them together. That didn't work. It was just, it was a terrible situation. Clearly, and uh, they just, I mean, it's turned into it again. It, it I was fooled. For a while, it seemed like it got better, uh, but boy, I, apparently not. And, and you're right; when this clears, you know they're just they're going to be at each other's throats. And I know that everybody will be turned off to it. Maybe the only thing that saves it is is that that people are you know the ratings truly are going down here. And, and you know I don't know I don't know if that affects anything at all because baseball is still a very popular regional sport. And you know I don't think either side might pay a lot of attention to the damage they're doing to the game. I just, I just don't know. They, they'll say they are, but will they really care? I, I just, it's uh, it's tough. And again, not to not to get too far out in front of ourselves here, but it's just the, the effect that it has because there is clearly right. Maybe you'd agree with this. I think you would. There's clearly a window developing here for the Brewers when you look at their pitching. I mean, I don't remember a time when their starting pitching looked as promising. And it's not like you know Brandon Woodruff has not achieved a status yet. You want him to, but he is taking steps, and you can see a path to it. And Corbin Burns, you know, again, short season, incredible turnaround. There's no guarantee he's going to sustain that, but he does have the talent and the stuff. Freddie Peralta's got a future. Uh, they could add a, a couple of more pieces here and there. Their bullpen always seems to come together and be really good. So the pitching window with club controllable guys is there. And obviously Devin Williams just won reliever of the year. I mean, he's been incredible and, you know, has a bright future. So, that gets you excited, but, you know, how short is the window and, and they need to, to, you know, I just feel like now's the time. But <laughs> good luck, you know, with, with trying to put together a team right now. That's, uh, there's, I'm, you know, I want to be positive. I want to feel great about this. But then there's that worry about labor and about COVID and about everything coming up the next couple of years here. Yeah, and I'm, we're not trying to be doom and gloom, and this is just kind of where the conversation has taken us. And there are a lot of positives. If the the what you mentioned about be when when they got in the postseason before Corbin Burns got injured, the the pathway to a first round win against the Dodgers was being pitched a victory between Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. Burns doesn't pitch. Woodruff had four strong innings before he kind of lost it a little bit, but. That that was a legitimate possibility. I don't think it wasn't it wasn't likely, but it it yeah. was legitimate that if you would have had those two guys, you could have maybe stolen that series if they both gave you their best type of outings. And that's that's something pretty special to have. Two guys. There's not there's some teams, but there's there's not a lot of teams who have two guys who have that high of a ceiling who you can pitch one to. I mean, when's the last time they had it? The Brewers I'm talking about, right? I mean, not not 2018, definitely not 2011. I mean, they, you wanted them to have it with Markham and Granke, but that just didn't materialize in the playoffs, really. Uh, 2008, uh, Sheets wasn't healthy, right? You could yeah. have Sheets and Gallardo maybe down the stretch. Well, of course, CC, but they, when those guys, you know, CC, you know, pulled through, obviously, but, but beyond that, Sheets got hurt, and they just, they could have had that one-two punch. That would have been outstanding, but then 
well then when did you what, 82 i mean teddy agara and something you know what it's just it's been a long time and and uh you probably can rattle off some names i'm forgetting here but but i just it's i haven't been able to be excited about the brewers starting pitching you know i don't think anybody i shouldn't say anybody but i don't think there'll be a lot of fans saying you've got to pick up a starting pitcher this offseason the way we have for the last what however many off seasons right so yeah. that really is exciting and to that end too it's also funny because the year after Derek Johnson left, I can't tell you how many phone calls I got on the post-game show about fire Chris Hook, and I didn't get a single one of those calls this year. Yeah, no kidding. And I, good. I also They're got a good. bunch of fire Derek Johnson calls early on in Johnson's tenure, and then those went away. So, yeah, I got a bunch of fire Andy Haynes calls this past year because the offense was so bad. We'll, you know, we'll see what happens. But, again, it, it's so funny. People always want to fire coaches, and more often than not, if you just leave the coaches in place, more often than not, things are going to kind of turn around. I always shake my head at, fan, at fans, and I'm a fan, so I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not under this uh, – this sort of illusion. I don't try to put up an illusion like I'm not a fan of the Brewers. I certainly am. So I'm probably one of them. But at the same time, I try to have a little more, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, deep breaths, you know, to, to, to take a step back. I mean, these guys have been coached since they were practically out of the womb. Uh, and it's not like the hitting coach, once they get to the big leagues, is going to make the big difference, right? right? Sometimes. But come on, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, what are we talking about here? It just baseball doesn't work that way. And it's it's funny. Uh, the reactions, and I know we all want to blame someone. And and you, when you play 162 games, you're going to lose at least what 65 at least, and that's if you're really good. And so there's going to be uh, obviously very frustrating moments. And so in your position, Matt, to to take those post game uh, calls, particularly when they're on a losing streak, uh, it, it's got to be kind of taxing in a way for you because it's just it's it gets a little silly. Right? Yeah, but, it, it's a fan yeah, base that cares it. though. That's at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. that, that's yeah. of everything that I learned during the the shutdown was, I I appreciate the crazy people because they care, <laughs> and I missed yeah. them. I missed them during those hundred games that uh, that the Brewers didn't play this year. All right, um, for folks that are listening to this again, uh, if if for some reason you just caught this in the middle of the podcast which would be somewhat of a challenge to do but if if you are in that category uh we're doing a dual podcast here between brewers extra innings and also uh locked on brewers if you're listening on brewers extra innings ben tell folks about your podcast and where they can find you and uh, kind of your off-season schedule now yeah no thanks matt it's it's available uh we're still going to do multiple shows every week at least three a week uh through the off-season and so the goal is is a little shorter, you know, daily bursts of, of brewers trying to get a lot of interviews and different perspectives on the podcast about all sorts of different things through the off season. Obviously, we've talked a lot about the future of the the brewers and what's going on here with at the big league level, but even the minor leagues and some of the off the field stuff we'll focus on through the off season as well. And we are available on any major podcast platform, or we're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, which is uh, you know a, a network of local teams from all leagues. Uh, all major leagues and even college uh, throughout the United States, so you can check us out there as well. But any again, any major podcast platform, uh, I'll be there with you. Uh, usually, again, at least three times a week here as we move through the Hot Stove League and all the all the things that we're going to watch unfold here. Uh, you know, through the entire offseason. By the way, let me ask you this because we heard, uh, get, you know, we'll finish on this maybe. But I heard I heard uh, uh, Rob Manfred talking a little bit, or at least saw some headlines. Uh, are we really not going to see the DH uh, stay in the National League? I'm, I have seen some some inklings about that, and I just I think that's a mistake. I think we've gone down the road, opened the box, and you got to stay with the DH. What do you think? 
Yeah, I, if you would have asked me two weeks ago, is it just going to stick around forever? I, I would have said yes. The The assumption was always that in the next collective bargaining agreement, it was coming to the National League. So you thought yeah. when it was back there this year that it would just, okay, well, it's going to be it's going to be there eventually anyways. It's going to be there, what, in, in 2022, no matter what? So why go with it in 2020, not go with it in 2021, and then yeah. come back to it in 2022? Uh, I like National League Baseball. I, I don't like the DH especially. Uh, I, okay. I, I enjoy the National League style of game more than I enjoy the American League style of game. So if I get one more year without the DH, it'll make me happy. But from a common sense standpoint, if, if the idea is that they're for sure going to go to it after the next collective bargaining agreement, then yeah, wh- why do you do it for one year and then, and then walk it back? It doesn't make much sense. That's baseball, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what we got. So. Okay, no so on that note, what um, if if you could either have the runner on its second and extra innings or the expanded playoff be in mm-hmm. place forever, which one of those two would you choose? Uh, okay, I'll go. I'll put a, I'm, I, maybe it's, it isn't fair, but I'll put a caveat on it. I would do the runner at second uh, for sure. Easy choice for me. But I would do it not in the 10th. I would do it maybe in the 11th or 12th. You know, and I, I would do that. Maybe you could you could tear it a little bit. Maybe I'd be open to a runner on first to open the tenth, and then second, and then third. You know, maybe not third, but but that sort of thing. Because yeah. I, I just I think it cheapens it too much. There's too many games that go to extra innings. Now I'm all for eliminating the absolute marathon games. I know they're kind of fun to talk about the next day, but it's too much. You know, when you go 18 innings like the Brewers did for the whatever game that was uh, in 2019. They won it, which is great, but they went 18, and it was crazy, and it taxes your pitchers too much. So I'm all for it, but not maybe right away <laughs> to answer yeah, your question. I, I didn't think I was going to like it, and then I, I don't think it's fair to the pitchers, but at the same time, it's it's really fun, right? Isn't it? it yeah. It's fun it the fun. moment it starts, and the the – you know, I, I like going back to what we were talking about earlier. I like the National League strategy. I love the strategy that goes along with that. And you know, the advantage if you somehow do not get your opponent to score in the top of the inning, do you bunt the runner over to third in the bottom? Like all that sort of stuff. I enjoy that. Yeah. So I would stick with uh, I, I would stick with the runner on in second as well. Yeah, yeah. Not expand it. Just too many games to expand the playoffs. It's just come on. You know, I know that it makes more money, but ugh, you can't play 162 and then have. However many, I don't think they would put eight in in each league. I wouldn't put it past them, I guess. I think they'll do seven. My prediction is they for sure will have expanded playoff next year, and it'll be 14. Yeah, it's enough. It's enough. All right, hey, uh, this was fun. Enjoyed doing it, and uh, we will do this again at some point uh, over the course of the offseason. Yeah, great. We certainly will. Thanks. I appreciate it. Ben Larson joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. That is going to do it for uh, this week's show. Again, uh, we talk Brewers for an hour every Thursday night on WTMJ Brewers Weekly. We did not have a show this past week because of the presidential debate, but debates are done with. So I think the next time we will not have a show, there's a uh, there's a Packers Thursday night game coming up here in, uh, in the next few weeks. But outside of that, uh, we do this on Thursday night, so look forward to talking to you on WTMJ from uh, 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock. If you live out of the uh, WTMJ listening area, which would pretty much mean you live outside of the state and don't live in parts of Illinois and Michigan that also uh, that also get the signal, you can always uh, stream it at WTMJ.com. My appreciation to uh, Ben Larson for joining us. My appreciation to you for listening to us. 
And we'll talk to you next week for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.